stick around, stick around, you know, stick around, you know, so way beyond any years that I may serve on the mayor's commission on black male engagement, way beyond any engagement or participation with 100 black men, way beyond any participation um, in uh, a diverse force um, engagement or supporting the P4 initiative, way beyond any of those things. I'm, I'm stick around, you know, relationship wise, being a resource, you know, just being able to communicate and engage with one another, stick around. I think, you know, even amongst each other, we suffer from abandonment issues. You know, how long you here for and are you okay? So you got to say your, you know, your two cents about the thing that you're, you're interested in and that's it. So I think just by sticking around, you know, communicating uh, more transparently and, and getting rid of the egos, you know, um, you think, you know, right now you're standing on something that really is a lot more shaky than you think. And um, that's the thing is that we, you know, it, a lot of things I'm sharing, a lot of people are just going to be like, what are you talking about? And that's what we need to fix. Like, that's literally what we need to fix. And if you, and if, if you can challenge yourself, like those that are listening, if you can challenge yourself to be like, maybe there's something else that I can hear and, and like learn in this space, then we got a fighting chance. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm still a student. I'm so I'm, I'm not even sitting here. Like I'm on the top of the mountain. Nope. I'm just at a certain stage taking a quick pause so that we can talk. And then I'm going to get back to climbing right after this. On this episode, I got the chance to sit down with servant leader, advocate, and father, Donovan West. We sat down to discuss Donovan's finding and building of his own identity when he was younger, being more than meets the eye, as Optimus Prime would say, and leaning into yourself. We sat down and unpacked of the giving of permission, more discussion around the process of the journey, what it takes to paint the ultimate picture of black males, and why sticking around will benefit not just us brothers, but our community. Enjoy. Welcome, 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 everybody. My name is Octavius Blount, also known as the Urban Thinker. I'm very excited. We got another brother here on the Middle Brother Podcast. I'm glad this brother is here to join. We have a servant leader, advocate, and father. Brother, if you can introduce yourself, please do. Absolutely. I'm Donovan West, Donovan S. West, if you know me, you know, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm all the things you just now mentioned. I'm a servant leader. I'm a person of uh, amazing faith. Uh, not not just in God, but also in us as people. So, I've uh, dedicated my life to, you know, investing in people in ways to 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 let them know that um, that yeah, it's not all it's not all what we see 
in our reels and, and, uh, and you know on social media and and uh, other forms of media but you know the real part is us right the human yeah. touch so I, I enjoy touching people in a way that that lets them know that um you know i care and um it's very rare but i enjoy it out here it is rare and i do appreciate you for being a being allowing me to be one of those people that you have touched in so many ways and impact me in so many ways as well to be the man that i am and the man that you see um, so I appreciate you for being there, brother. No, I appreciate you for one major thing. One thing that we don't talk enough about, and that is permission. You know, thank you for giving me permission. You know, um, in the in the coaching space, in the counseling space, often we get caught up in just what we know and what we want to share, right? As people mm-hmm. who may have traveled a certain journey and things of the nature, and we, we see someone of promise and we want to just automatically blah, 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 and unload. Like, you, you know, you just need to know. And it's like, stop, you know, and I have this conversation pretty often that, you know, we have to introduce this thing called permission and permission is when you are in a space where you're open to receiving information being poured into, but also more importantly that you're saying, you know what, I choose you as a source, right? And that's Mm -hmm. that we don't talk enough about. So I know uh, we got some questions to cover and things of that nature, but I had to, I have to give you your flowers as well and let you know that uh, I appreciate you for giving me permission, it's always a choice. So you could have easily just been like, ah, whatever, you know what yeah. I mean? But you chose differently, so I appreciate that. Thank you, brother. And we're just gonna kick it right off. Um, yes, the first question I got for you is, um, what's one thing you love about being a black man? Ah, just one thing, huh? So, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, the number one thing that I love about being a black man is uh, that I'm a black man, mm-hmm. um, that I'm not, I'm not what you see on TV. I'm not what you, you know, you read about in a paper, but when you see me, you're, you know, you're going to be like, wow, oh, this is, yeah. You know, so I enjoy that, that experience in terms of people leaning back a little bit, yeah, black, white, other, it doesn't matter. Like I enjoy that. I enjoy actually being a black man. And I think as much as we see out here that, you know, wants to paint a certain picture uh, or make a narrow, uh, you know, perspective of what a black man is. I enjoy those those aha moments um, mm-hmm. that I choreograph, so to speak, by just being authentic. So that's the number one thing I enjoy about being a black man is actually moving about in the space, knowing that as long as I'm authentic, it's also mm-hmm. going to be a, a good situation in most cases, right? We know all the other things that are that are tough about being a black man, but for me, it's it's leaning into myself like being okay with just being me versus all these other things and uh and i enjoy it of course you know not other people that they they may not enjoy it as much i'm not going to talk about that but i'm mm-hmm. saying being a black man literally and whatever that is like whatever that means to you like you know okay that's you but for me it's my ability to actually live through it authentically and enjoy that journey so that's the number one thing for me okay I'm going to add, you've definitely seen Transformers and the meaning behind more than meets the eye. I think we've, we've all know what that means. And I think I've noticed that about you is that you are more than meets the eye. You have a lot of hats that you wear. Um, But when you step into a room, you have a presence. And I think that's one thing that a lot of people do not understand about black men. We walk into certain spaces with a certain presence. We call it swagger, but a lot of people call it presence. And when I step into a room, I step into the room as Octavius the son of Octavia, the husband of Rosalind, and they just keep going down the list of like, these are the people that I represent and they represent me. Yeah. 
And I think that's one thing that um that I love about being a black man. When you step into that room, they have no idea who you that's are. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. I mm-hmm. the other day I was dropping off my daughter uh to Delta Gems, you know, a mentoring yeah. program. And um I just came back last week from uh, Anaheim, California, where there was a a, a conference that focuses on um, supporting marginalized scientists. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and I mentor a group out of Temple University. And um, so I, I gathered all these materials from all the colleges, all the universities regarding, you know, the doctoral programs, summer programs, master's programs, undergraduate summer, um, you know, internships and things of the nature. So mm-hmm. I grabbed a stash for my daughter, of course, and another additional stash for, you know, a stash for, for other people. So when I came in there and I was like, uh, yeah, here's some materials of different universities that are focusing on supporting, you know, marginalized, um, you know, scientists that have that interest all the way from undergraduate, all the way through the PhD, you know, you can have. And so they, they looked at me and then looked in a bag and was yeah. just said, well, oh, so I get one thing. I said, no, this whole bag is for you. Mm-hmm. And for, for, for the young ladies, like this is a resource, feel free to use it as you, you know, it's got contact information, and everything. And it was, it was again, great experience to just, see them like wait i'm like i i get it right you see me six foot six you mm-hmm. see me in my you know my my, my sweats and, and you know my hoodie and you're like nah i'm not i'm not what you think yeah. right so that experience right there that presence but also more importantly moving away from when i say that presence initially is to is the credit you give and then what you do next is the cash right mm-hmm. so i come through now with this content all this information and they're like wait i'm like yeah that part it's okay like Mm -hmm. you know let that let it breathe real quick here you go i'm gonna give you some time with it and you should have saw them just kind of gather around this information and look up and you know so so i enjoy those moments too black man to to actually show like yeah there's more to me so we're we're not just gonna you know um act out something that you saw you know on (laughs) something that you just scrolled like yeah that's that's not it that's not it Okay. I appreciate you for sharing that because a lot of um, men that I've talked to um, in the past times that I've talked to them, they've never told, they never talked about um, the work. They talked about the end result and how many people they impacted. And I think talking about the work and showing other black boys and black young ladies, this is how you do the work. This is how you get it done. That's it. Yes, the glory is at the end, but What's the in between that journey that you have to go through to get to there? And I think that's that's some things that we're missing too. And here, here's the funny thing about that: the glory may not even be there at the end, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> here's the other part about it: is that you know, someone asked me the other day about you know fatherhood and like what's the most rewarding thing about it. I was like, let me tell you the truth. Let me just keep it a being with you. There's not a lot of rewarding stuff like. There's not things that are rewarding. Like, mm-hmm. let's just be honest. There's things I'm grateful for. Like, I love my daughter. She's such a gift. She, You know, she's not a reward, though. Like, you know, that's a blessing. That's different. You know, reward mm-hmm. is is acknowledgement and in, in, in something that is given as a result of. And I don't know. I don't I don't get much of that. I don't. And I don't look for much of that at this point. Like when I was younger, I was mm-hmm. I was like I was in my feelings. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, 
why they don't see this good work that I'm doing, you know? Yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm past that at this point, you know? So now my daughter's about to turn 16 and, and I'm running around like a, you know, a glorified Uber driver as I'm <laughs> taking care of all the things that she needs. And, yeah. you know, and I'm showing up here in this space and that space. And, and that's it. That that's, that's your function, period. I think we were in a society where we're too used to, and I always say that we all got a sweet tooth. We think mm. that everything needs to come to us in a sweet way. It needs to, we're not used to a sugar-free lifestyle, so it, everything needs to be, you know, um, you know, there needs to be a, a reward. But the truth mm. of the matter is sometimes you may not even get to that place where someone's going to acknowledge it. And so mm-hmm. even in that situation I just now described where I provided this information, that's good. That, you know, there may not be another exchange or anything like that. You may not even acknowledge where it came from as you talk to others. It's okay, right? Mm-hmm. In that moment, that's it. And then the next time, if there is a next time, great. And if there is an acknowledgement, great. If there's not, that's fine either. That's where faith brings me because faith is is what brought me to this agape style love, right? Yeah. Where yep. I'm not, I'm not, it's, it's love for love's sake, period, right? You know, the ladies always say that, period. Fellas, we got to say that too, period. Like we just mm-hmm. go to love on them, period. We just want to show up, period. And it would be nice once in a while, right? Even though we got holidays that says you're supposed to give us a shout out here and there. it would yeah. be nice, but the truth of the matter, a lot of times that may never never happen. So you got to get into that faith part for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't preach to everybody and tell them X, Y, and Z, but you got to just get into that space. Like this is actually my purpose and my function. And in that there isn't, you know, a award ceremony. There isn't acknowledgement, recognition, accolades, all that stuff. Sometimes it's just a matter of people just looking at you like, huh. And, and, and part of that is when you're doing something that's so different because there are so many of us that are not doing the right thing, mm-hmm. people sometimes just struggle with the idea of, of what they just experienced. Yeah. So when I, when I pop up into a certain space and I'm talking about, you know, biometric, you know, um, science and, and, and research and, and how I represent it with a group and, you know, and, and four out of nine of them, you know, walked away with uh, awards for, for the presentation at this conference in Anaheim. And people are like, wait, hold a pause, pause. Mm-hmm. OK, let that breathe. Yeah. I understand. Right. So mm-hmm. if they don't just jump right in and be like, yo, oh, my God, that's amazing. Like, it's OK, because mm-hmm. there's so much about that that isn't televised. Right. That's yeah. that you don't scroll up and see. At some point, when you recognize that you're one of these individuals that are doing these different things, the actual do, as you mentioned, you also have to be okay with the fact that, hey, by the way, congratulations, you're a unicorn. And someone just now saw a unicorn, let them give them grace because they don't know what they just saw or what they just experienced. It's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, and when you get into that kind of space, then you could be a little bit more at peace also because sometimes you know, that it can build up, you know, doing the work, being in the trenches and not mm-hmm. necessarily getting the light and the favor that you think you should get as a result of that. Yeah, I think I think that's that's the hardest part. And I think with with you, um, I'm going to dig a little deeper into what you just talked about. Um, and it's called yeah. going in the den with Donovan West. And the first thing is we're going to go through that process of how you got to being a servant leader, an advocate. Obviously, we know you're a father, but it's getting to that point of I'm this black man and now I have these titles, but how did I get there? So when did you discover your blackness when it came to I'm Donovan West, but I am also a black man first? Hmm. I would have to say that was, um, man, that was, uh, 
middle school. Okay. <laughs> it was middle school. Probably, I think I was about to go to high school. Mm-hmm. And um, and I remember someone, you know, calling me like this man child or whatever, mm. using the N word. Mm-hmm. And I, and I was I just stopped like, and so little backstory, I was I was twelve years old, but I was six foot tall. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, okay, okay yeah. I get it, right? Mm-hmm. Facial hair starting to get a little. I'm looking like a. I look like a man child. So okay, but how I was regarded and how they responded in a certain way, um, it was like wow, you know, you see a black man. Yeah. And. The way that I was, and as a person that had already been exposed to, you know, as a Jamaican, so I, Jamaica, Canada, London, those are all homes and influences and cultures that I, I really absorb. But here in the States, it's it just, it hits different. You know what yeah. I mean? People don't, people act differently here in the space. And so yeah. that experience that I had, it still chokes me up now. Just like I was, I was labeled. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, it's like looking in the mirror for the first time and seeing something that you never saw, like you didn't even know. Yeah. And that that was the first time when it was like, oh, you're a black man. So when I went into high school, now I, again, 13, six foot four. Mm. Okay. So I'm moving this around in ways that is, I'm just, I'm not used to it yet. I'm just, I'm looking around and people are looking at me like, I'm 22, 24, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm, I, I literally, I'm going to be 14, right? I'm still yeah. talking like that, right? Yeah. Remember when you're young, you're like, yo, I'm going to be, and you say the next age, yeah, yeah. I'm on that, I'm on that type of time. <laughs> extremely mature, mm-hmm. extremely, like in my books and all, my friends were books. I didn't have many friends. I, I was, I was in it like that, but, but it was just, again, surreal because at the end of the day, I had to now grapple with this other piece and that is manhood. Mm-hmm. And again, at, at at thirteen, turning fourteen in October, going into high school, six foot four, a lot of people looking at me different than they're you know teachers. Everyone, the, my 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 peers thought I was a a narc. You know, mm-hmm. they thought I was on some. For those who remember the show Twenty One Jump Street, you know, I was yeah. in the school acting like it's, but I was really a cop or something. So it it was just a weird place to be. But at the end of the day, I had to pause and say. I am I am no longer a child in any way, shape, or form. And mm-hmm. I started acting that way in good yeah. and bad ways. Okay. I think um what I'm from what I'm hearing, it's like people did label you, but you took the route of, okay, I see that, that y'all are labeling me, but how can I take this route and figure out it for myself? There's there was a time where um at Roman, my alma mater, Roman Catholic High School, there was someone that was six eight. I mean, he's in the NBA now. He's a rookie right now, but he was 6'8", six, 6'9", six, freshman. And he was upset. He was pouting. They said, why is he doing this? Why is he doing that? I said, y'all have to remember, this young man is 13. He just got out of eighth grade. And he wants to play. So he's going to pout. He's going to be upset. And I think that's one thing that people don't recognize, is that when you are tall or you are big, you still have feelings. You still have thought processes that you have to get to that some black men do not teach you. You have to go through it yourself sometimes. And I think when I saw that and I talked to the person that was next to me, because he was the one saying it, I said, you have to remember, he's young. 
Like when you were young, you were pouting, you were upset. He wanted to start. He's six nine, <laughs> and he wants to play. So right. I think hearing you say that people labeled you a certain way, yeah. I feel like they labeled him in a certain way too. Whereas Absolutely. you're old enough, you're mature enough. It's like, wait, what about this five three young black man over here? He's pouting too. It's the same thing, and it's a lot of things that can go into play when you come when it comes to black men. They ages at least five six years ahead of everybody else, and that can that's detrimental to us. And true. I think. And I, did you want to add to that? Because I didn't know. No, I don't no, no I was just saying that it's absolutely true, and we're not even yeah. we're just scratching the surface. We're not even talking about the dynamics in the household, are we? Mm-hmm. Right. We're not talking about the fact that. No, there's no dad around, so you yeah. got to do certain things. You, you're raising your, you know, your little brothers, and you're doing things a certain kind of way. So now, mm-hmm. being 13 is different. You know, at that same age, you know, my my uh, my two older brothers are coming over now from London, mm-hmm. and you know, and we're now. So I'm I'm going through a lot of things in terms of identity, in terms of being head of household in many ways, right? Mm-hmm. From from a male perspective, and then having these older brothers, and then also going into school and. So all these different dynamics, back to what you mentioned earlier, titles, yeah. right? You have these different titles and understanding that you are all of them, right? Mm-hmm. You are all of them. But now how do you manage situationally? And that becomes, again, something that we as men don't talk enough about in terms of how we may have to shift, right? You, you, mm-hmm. you go home, right? There's, there's, there's you, the husband, the head of household, whatever may be the case. You go out that door. Is you director of this? You go into this other space. Is you the mentor, and then but you're all of them, right? So mm-hmm. how do you navigate between the two at different times, right? And 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 understand that with each responsibility is another set of relationships, mm-hmm. right? So all these dynamics is very important. So yeah, you're absolutely right. Going into that space, I remember stepping into Northeast High School, and the coach literally just grabbing my arm and said. What what must you be, boy? Like six four, six five? How you doing? Good morning. Mm-hmm. My name is Donovan. What's your mm-hmm. name? Right? I understand. Yeah. You're looking at me, right? <laughs> and you, yeah. you you see this thing, right? You see this tool. Thing I get tool, it. Yep. Right? You're looking like, oh, oh my God, you could be a tight end on a football team. You could be a wide receiver or whatever. What's your speed? Pause. Who are you? What mm-hmm. are you, right? And what yeah. are we trying to be? What are we trying to be? Right. So if you want to be if you want to come to me as a tool in that space and you want it. So now I'm thinking transactionally. Mm-hmm. So now I got to hold on. What's your value? What are yeah. we doing? You know, do I. So, again, but that part comes in for those of you who are survivors and from the street space, you know, out here having to do certain things, certain things click on. Oh, snap. You just triggered something now with me. Now mm-hmm. I'm thinking I'm looking at you sideways a different kind of way now. Yeah. Oh, stop. Pause. I'm in school. Okay, let me just be quiet for a second. Let me just try to figure this out. Yeah. So I'm gonna leave it right there, though. Okay. So I, I do want to get to the the point of um, when you did discover and people were labeling you, and then you're also going through this identity. Um, how did you explore your feelings within that space of finding out who you were as far as identity, being the tall man that you are, and also understanding that. I still have these feelings, but how do I express them? Mm. I struggled. I struggled earlier. I, you know, I was a, yeah, I, I, I was a ticking Tom bomb. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I was like, you know, 
Yeah, I struggled early because, you know, I used to get teased a lot, you know, being the tallest. Also, you know, back in the, back in those days also, you know, Americans weren't very um, kind to Jamaicans. Yeah. You know, um, and so you get, you know, you get teased for the clothes you wear, how you sound, whatever, all the whole nine. So, you know, I and I not having much family at all here. So, you know, so I was an angry young man, like mm. on 10, on right. 10. So I, I didn't, you know, literally my mom was like, you need to go out and make friends. Like I was, I had to see a counselor for my anger. I had, you know, I, I was, yeah, I was a mess. I was a mess. Mm. I didn't talk at all. I would just go zero to a thousand. And, you know, it was me against the world. And, and you know, so I, I struggled a lot in terms of expressing or getting in touch with why, like it, it mm. to me, I felt largely that I just felt abandoned. You know, I felt like mm. I got to deal with all this energy and attention towards me and I didn't ask for any of it. Mm. And I have no colleagues or comrades or anyone to, to help navigate through that. So, so I, you know, for me, I, I, I was literally like this, it was a freak of nature kind of situation. You know, I'm, mm. I'm into my books and stuff. So there it is. I can, I, you know, I understand, you know, math and science and doing all this other stuff. But then here I am in this body and, you know, mm. okay, I'm going to try out, you know, basketball, and football and this and the other. So it was weird. I didn't belong to either though. Right. Yeah. I didn't belong to either. So identity wise, that's one, that was, that was interesting for me just trying to figure it out and then mm. realizing that, just be you. So if you like this, then then do that. And mm-hmm. if you want to talk and engage with certain people, then that's fine. And it, it became a situation where, yes, I knew both groups of people, right? The, yeah. the, the nerd gang and then, you know, the jocks, right? I, I knew them both because I had parts of both and I was okay with somewhere being in the middle. And mm-hmm. But that took some time. In the meantime, I was just this quiet dude and just like, let me, this is the way that I keep my calm. This is the way that I don't get kicked out. Mm-hmm. Don't hurt. No, like this, this is the way to do it because I realized early that it's me. It is literally me and I'm going to lose. So yeah. don't do that. Don't try to be like on some Jackie Chan against 10 dudes. Like yeah. that ain't, we're not doing that no more. Like, let me just keep my peace, listen more. And that's when I got into the philosophy that I have now, which is listen to lead. Where it was like, okay, the more I I, I I work on my listening skills, the better that I'll be able to serve you mm-hmm. as well as to lead you potentially in certain spaces, which is part of, you know, what allows me to kind of stay even kill, being a purpose in certain spaces. Mm-hmm. Okay. I love that because you said listen to lead and serve. Um, so I heard you when you said taking time bombs. I think that's one thing um, that us as black men go through, whereas oh, yeah. you want to express yourself, but people are not listening to you at the same time mm-hmm. <laughs> or they don't understand what you're saying. And you're just like, I need to get this out, but I don't know how to. So you may play sports. You may sit there and knock somebody's head off at the game, like by tackling them too hard because you didn't have that outlet. And I think for me, um, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I was taking time bomb at some point. Um, this was around having a single mother, but then also wanting to know who my father is. So is that space of, is somebody withholding information from me? Um, but my mother wasn't. 
Um, she was just like, I needed you to be ready to take in that information. Not you sit there and take it and now you upset even more. Um, so I definitely hear you when you say taking time bomb. Um, but I also hear you when you said I had to learn how to be calm, which allowed me to work into the listening space, which allowed you to lead. And I think that's from what I'm hearing, what I see and what I observed with you, you listen before you lead. And I think you also lead by example. You really don't say anything. You just lead. And I think people that that do that, they're great listeners. They can sit back and say, OK, I see this going on. I see that going on. OK, well, we still got to go this way. And let's figure out how to do that. I want to hear from your side. I want to hear from that side. And I think for me, that's what I learned um, from all the black men that you saw. I want to also thank you for coming to my wedding because you got to see the black men that created yeah. the person that you see. And when I say that, it's like I can't say her and not lead now because they pushed me forward. So I want to thank you for being there. Um, of course, the, the other thing that I did want to ask you about um, was knowing that you've built this identity for yourself, you've created this space of listening to lead um, and understanding who you were, your presence. Um, how did you navigate this world so successfully to the person that you are right now? It may not have ended, like you said, just yet with the glory and everything like that. But how did you get to this point and navigate? Who did you learn from? Who did you listen to? What advice they give you? Anything uh, that you can share, brother? So I'm, I'm going to give a, a roll call real quick, right? <laughs> no, I want to I want to shout out. First person would be my grandfather who who came over, you know, who came to the States to help my mother uh, and us out, you okay. know, um, who was, you know, already in like near retirement age and, and mm. literally just, you know, at one point we were in a shelter mm -hmm. um, here in the States. And we did also try at one point to to leave the country and become citizens in London. And we got rejected and had to come back here. Uh, it was a very tough time. And, and then for my grandfather to come over and to hold it down, like it was, it was amazing to see. This is the first example I had of a man coming into a space and just assuming some responsibilities that I, that I didn't assume were anything related to what he needed to actually be doing. Right. He's granddad. So, and he's in a whole other country. So it was yeah. the idea of him coming to, to, to take care of his daughter and his grandkids and, and to hold it down yeah. uh, while we were going through some, you know, seriously struck, you know, tough times. That was amazing. So that's, you know, shout out to granddad, rest in peace. Then there was in college, there's uh, my boy Fanati, his, his father pops, you know, um, he's, uh, you know, Mr. Collins, he uh, created a space for me. I remember when I was leaving a house that I had, I was renting, and um, it was time for me to find another place. Now, I could have moved home, but I wasn't going to try to go back to the basement in the house, living mm -hmm. with mom and all that. And I remember hanging out with my boy Fanati, and he, him and his brother and his cousins and his father were in this two-bedroom apartment in Mount Airy. Mm -hmm. And what was crazy about it was the peace, though. Like, everyone, you know, was just about going to school. And it was it was away from the neighborhood. I, I used to live in Logan, Alani section, mm -hmm. and I wasn't always wearing ties and paying tax. Let's say I wasn't, you know, I, I got into some stuff. So, mm -hmm. so the peace though, like there was no place to sleep, 
I asked, I literally asked him if I could stay there while I, you know, finished going to school. Mm-hmm. And I would lay on, literally, I traded in where I was living at, which was a, which was three story, five bedroom house that, you know, that me, just me and my brother. And I went to living on the floor, mm. you know, in a, you know, literally a comforter, a pillow. And that's where I slept while I went to Penn State, uh, Aventon, Ogons. Mm-hmm. And the 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 humility that he showed in terms of him having this amazing position and being highly educated in in Liberia and then coming to this country and the things that he had to do just to make ends meet just mm-hmm. to just for this little humble dwelling uh, was amazing. So again, another influence of someone who was just serving and regardless of his past titles and education and status. He just got back to the cash part of it. This is what I need to do. Mm-hmm. And then a little bit later, you know, of course, one of the biggest influences ever in my life, Reverend Dr. Herbert H. Lusk. Okay. That guy. <laughs> literally, while I was at Penn State, I, you know, and, and chasing a girl into church, you know, uh, I, I I ran into it. You know, I went to his church. There was, mm-hmm. there was a girl that was like, hey, I, you know, this is the church I go to and was like, hey, Wes, just, you know, get yourself together. You know, I was, mm-hmm. I was still out there in the streets a little bit, you know, and I went into uh, went into this church and I heard this guy preach and talk about his transition and not in being more than an athlete mm-hmm. and and leaving the NFL like that. I paused on everything. So wait, stop. you like, I get it. Right. You're more than an athlete, but you're in the NFL like play your role, bro. What are you talking yeah. about? Like you hit the highest level, but the fact that he left to follow his actual calling and being so convicted by his actual calling, his purpose here, it struck me in a way that I stopped. I, I let her live by the way. I didn't even, I didn't even talk to her after that. I was just like, <laughs> wow. And you know, and that's what began my journey with pastor over 20, 27, 28 years ago. So, mm. um, and he taught me even more about, you know, being the leader, servant, father, mm-hmm. you know, development, community, and and how to wear these different hats, yeah, um, and communicate through them and be in touch with them in a way that you can show up in a way that's really organic, even though, you know, you have so many things going on, right? So, um, that's just a you know a short. Um, roll call of people that allowed me to also be myself mm-hmm. and be a sponge too. Yeah. And that's why when I move in these different spaces, it's phenomenal because, you know, people are like, how are you able to do all these different things? And you're over here, you know, I just saw you over here in this part of the world and you over here doing this. And then you're here in Philly doing X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, it's because that's the influence, you know, the influence happens to be these three guys were global our global mm-hmm. period yeah. and how I was raised was global. So it, mm. it just makes sense. You know, it makes sense mm-hmm. when I'm, I'm chilling with grandma in Canada or I'm chilling with my sister in Jamaica, or I'm there with my brother and my, you know, my, my nieces and nephews in London or whatever. And that's just that, that has no anything on me. That's just life. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, these individuals, how, I was able to embrace them and give them permission also to pour into me. Yeah. It's because it is, it's just a global thing for me. So um, that's what allows me to look at the world in a way that's like, I know a lot of times people may even look a little bit strange at me like, bro, you be, I'm 
I can't help it. This is my reality. Like yours may mm-hmm. be different and it may be narrow, like narrower and, and no shade or, you know, no judgment at all. It's just, you know, that's literally what's in my backyard. It's just a little, yeah. it's a little bigger. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that you did that roll call because it allowed me and those that will be listening to understand um, how you created the person that you are today. And that's the main reason why this podcast is here, because it allows black men to share what they need to share and allow people to say, hey, look, that is Donovan West. I know him in this space, but now I'm listening to his voice. And that's a little different. You can see the work, but now you're hearing his story from himself and not from me, (laughs) because I can tell you a lot of things about yourself. But when you dig deep with somebody, like I say, you go in the den with them and you sit down and say, hey, brother, so how did you do this and these are the questions that a lot of black men that i've learned um like you said they gave me permission to ask these questions no no and i appreciate it big time there's one other person on the roll call but i will not say his name but by me not saying his name he knows who i'm talking about Mm -hmm. and this is a person that just he's phenomenal but he doesn't like any light he's just you know i call him the secret squirrel Mm -hmm. but this you know he's the he's the genius whisperer if you will you know, but I have to give him a shout out just by saying that. So if he if he sees this, he knows who you know who I'm talking about. But yeah, you're absolutely right. You gotta ask these types of questions when we get an opportunity with one another, so that we can be like, oh, this is the ingredients, or this is the recipe, so to speak, right? Yeah. And me going to your <laughs> wedding, and I, and again, I have to I have to thank you because you you allowed me to to witness that. But that was my favorite part is when I saw those men lined up. But the part that took it over the top is your mom. Yeah. Is your mom is the one, again, that word again, your mom gave those men permission. Mm-hmm. You see how that goes? Yeah. She gave them yep. She gave them permission to pour into you, which then now made you the man that you are. Mm-hmm. And you had this whole squad. Now, there you are, the true king that you are. And there goes, and there goes what? There's your court. Mm-hmm. You got you your whole court lined up. And I was sitting yep. there like, me and my boy Marcus, I was like, yo, this I've never seen. I've never seen it in my in all the weddings I've ever been. There's two things I never saw that you that you displayed. And that was the people that were your actual court that were grooming you. And then mm-hmm. more importantly, the mother stepping in and the speech that she gave about giving permission and allowing these men to pour into you to mm-hmm. create, you know, who you are or to contribute, excuse me, to who you are. Yeah, that was phenomenal, man. Phenomenal. Thanks, brother. So we're going to step into this space of who you repping. Um, And the first question is, how do you represent? Because I know I gave you um, these identities. Um, You shared the identity of servant leader, advocate and father. So how do you represent those identities in a way that the world may not understand? Um, You know, this this world is extremely uh, political. Yeah. Right. I got to be careful, mm-hmm. <laughs> but <laughs> it's, it's, you know, the, there's a, uh, there's a story about a, uh, a boy walking with his dad and he know he hears a dog that's crying, that's whimpering. Mm-hmm. And the dog seems to be, you know, uh, there seems to be like a nail that pierced the, the dog's side or whatever. Mm-hmm. The dog's laying on something, whatever, and is whimpering. And the, the boy asks, you know, his dad, if he can, you know, why is the dog, you know, crying? And if he 
can help the dog. And the dad is like, no. And the dog continues to cry. Yeah. And the boy gets a little bit more like upset and asks the dad again, why can't we help the dog? And then, you know, the dad eventually says, well, it doesn't hurt enough. Mm. That's why the dog is still there. Mm. And so the reason why I bring that story up is that there are a lot of places and spaces where we may want to help and contribute and participate and collaborate and engage others and, and, you know, address certain issues. And then when we get a little closer, we realize for a lot of people, it's not, it doesn't hurt enough. And so that I think the thing to answer your question, like what most may not get about me is that I, you know, I want to get it done. Let's go, you know, yeah. My mouth waters when drama happens. Like, mm-hmm. I, I can't help that. And there's there's those that have worked with me over the years that know, like, when it gets craziest out there, I, I start smiling, bro. Like, I start <laughs> because my faith and also because of the things, like, the things that I've experienced and all that stuff. Like, and again, going back to the people that have, you know, mentored me, like, when I, when I think about my grandfather, how he handled the drama. It was crazy, mm-hmm. right? what we where we were at what we were going through like it was it was yeah you know when i think about you know even just you know what pop showed me like you know they were refugees from lib from liberia mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. what they experienced and how they were able so you know it's not it's not like there's a trend there's a theme here in my movie right yeah same thing with you know with pastor all the years and all the things that we had to go through and how he was able to navigate how we were able to do certain things so yeah. In my different roles, when it gets crazy, I'm like, okay, like I like it here. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm lighting up now as I think about it. Why? Because you can't make this up. Like you can't. You know what I mean? The, mm-hmm. the energy in my eyes and everything, my spirit, what it emanates when I think about it. The the challenges is that there's others that are looking like, oh, we was just saying, and yeah. I'm not to. It's not to convict anybody or anything. It's just to simply say that. I think the thing that's most understood, misunderstood is that I really ultimately, this is not just wordplay. I may sound like a politician. I get it. I get it. I may sound like that, but the truth is I want to, I literally want to get it done. So we mm-hmm. got to talk, whatever we got to figure it out. Okay. And when there's too much of it, then it's hard for me to stay engaged. And so you've experienced it. There's times when I kind of start fading back and you're like, ah, oh, and it's, it's hard because at the end of the day, I'm hearing too much chatter. Yeah. You know, you, you yeah. tell me where to show up mm-hmm. or you give me, a, you send me a document and say, Hey, listen, we got to get it from this to that. Okay. But all this other stuff is like, I don't, I don't, I, you know, it's not because of my height, but I don't need the soapbox bars. Yeah, that's, bars. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's real. That is real. Um, and like you said, um, the identities that you represent, most all of them that you said and the ones that, I, that I've observed, the main theme of it is, OK, let's get the work done. It has to get done. So seeing you as a servant leader, there's things that have to get done. Being an advocate, there's things that has to get done. And then being a father, there's things that have to get done. And like you said before, there might not be glory at the end. It may not be someone giving you an award, praising you. But the work got done and the impact was made. So I I hear you, brother. Listen, that's I can't tell you how my number one weakness Mm -hmm. 
my number one weakness is I do too much one to one. I don't do mm. one to the mass. Okay. That's my biggest weakness. Mm. It's my detriment, meaning I should be far more richer and far in, like further ahead if I just follow that other, you know, approach. Mm-hmm. I, I roll up my sleeves too much, bro. You know what I mean? I, yeah. It's too much of me just do and not enough team and certain things and deliver. Like, there's too much of that for me. I have to work more on backing up. And I do this a lot, of course, as a, you know, as a consultant, as an advisor, mm-hmm. helping people build systems and subsystems. But for me personally, I just keep too, too, too much of, all right, you know, let's go. Let's, let's go. You know what let's I mean? get our hands dirty. Let's get our hands dirty. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what's most, um, I think misunderstood. The other thing that's most misunderstood about me, I think in those spaces is that we talked about presence Mm-hmm. And I acknowledge that in certain spaces I'll come in and I'm like, boom, boom. and I, I try to hit the wall. I try to go into the background quick in a lot mm-hmm. of spaces because sometimes energy wise and presence wise, people may gravitate a certain kind of way. And I, at most times I'm like, I'm not here to, to take over any space. Mm-hmm. I'm really here to listen and wherever I need to fill in the gap or whatever. I'm okay with that. You know, yeah. the work that I did with people for people and I was okay I was not the person that's trying to get to become CEO and X, Y, and Z. I'm okay doing the work, yeah. getting certain things done. And, and and Pastor and I being able to both roll our sleeves up and X, Y, and Z. But, you know, he clearly had a certain role in terms of the relationship management, the vision and guidance and, and the mentorship. I'm okay, be, you know, being in smaller roles. Mm-hmm. But I think sometimes people, you know, again, right, like, whether it's optics or status or whatever. And I'm really back to the, you know, let's just get some work done. One last thing on the topic is there was a conversation I was having with some team members and I was introducing a a potential team member to a project that we're doing. And one of the existing team members was like, I don't know how we're going to work with this potential team member because of X, Y, and Z. I don't like mm-hmm. how the X one. I said I will be the referee. I will manage the relationship, mm-hmm. and and but how are we going to get anything going? How are we going to be effective? I said we're going to be effective by remembering why we're here. Yeah, we're going to be effective remembering what we have to do. We're here to actually focus on improving the lives of a particular audience, mm-hmm. and if we have that in common, we can continue to walk together. Mm-hmm. Right. We just got to we got to maintain and meditate on that over status. Right. Over certain roles. And if we can meditate on that, then we can we can coexist. And this this is not just for the business space, but it's what's yeah. also allowed me to to be a good co-parent. Shout out uh, to the mother of my child, Kim. You know, amazing co-parenting that we do. And it, it started with that. Mm-hmm. Remembering mm-hmm. why we're here. You know what well, God is here. Yeah. Okay, that's one thing. But now remembering now why we're here. We're here because of our common love, common interest for right? Mm-hmm. I'm I think stop. that no, you good, brother. You good. I, th- I think that that also leads into the my next question. Because when you talk about the things that you do, you have expectations for yourself. So what expectations do you have for yourself? It can be what you thought about when you were younger, it can be now. But then also, how did you overcome societal expectations for you as well? Well, I think more recently, I've it's been an, another aha moment, which is interesting when you're in your 40s, 
um, you think everything is like pretty figured out, which is another lie. Like, mm. and I'm, not to say that I don't have things figured out, but the idea that things are more crystallized and they're they're less fluid. Mm. But if you're a lifelong learner, if you're you know you keep yourself in a humble space to still learn. And um, one thing that I was able to learn about myself is that that I yeah I can be more, um, mm. and that is it is okay to to be these all these other things that I may be. And so some struggle and say, well, you know, how can you, you know, if, if they, if they're looking at my, t- you know, my, my page, how can you do that? And how can you do this? It, it just comes down to focus when you're, when you're in that space. Right. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, it comes out to like, who are all the things you are? When you take full in- inventory first, Mm-hmm. then you can now be accountable to all the things you are. And you can also make some edits. You can prune the tree. You can do some things. But in order to prune the tree, you have to back up from the tree and look at it. Mm-hmm. Look at it in all its totality. Too yeah. many of us are like, we right there on a the branch talking about we're making adjustments. No, bro, you got to back up. Look at the whole tree and be like, okay, mm-hmm. here's all the things that I am. Here's all the places that I occupy. Here's That's the places great. where I'll, I, I provide uh, support because of my roots. Here's the other places where I provide shade because of my height. Here's mm-hmm. the other way that I provide other connections because of my branches. I see all of them. I'm like, okay, now I need now I need to make some pruning. You know, I got so so that I can stay healthy. Mm-hmm. So, I think the things that I learned most is about just how big the tree is and acknowledging it, so that now when I'm here with you, I'm actually here. I'm present because. Yeah. I've already had the conversation internally about who I am, where I'm at, mm-hmm. and how I need to function to give you all of me in this space right now. And then when I'm with my mom, the things I need to do in, in that space. When I'm with mm-hmm. my daughter, the things I need to do in that space. And so when I have these conversations, you know, with my daughter, such as, you know, how are we doing? You know, mm-hmm. how am I scoring in your report card? Is there some things that you think I can improve? And she's looking at me strange. And I'm like, I know this is strange because nobody talks like this, but let me be the first. It's okay. Right. Yeah. I'm, you know, there may be something that, you know, and so eventually what, what happens is, is that it goes back to something I mentioned earlier for each one of my responsibilities. I have to be accountable for the fact that there is a set of, re- of relationships to go with them. Yeah. Right. And so that's, what's allowed me now to just be like, okay, goal wise, it's to step even more, lean more into that, especially as I'm looking into 2023. It's like, you know what? What is my responsibility, you know, not just as a father, as mm-hmm. a son, as a brother, a sibling? You know, what's my responsibility to the community? You know, I took a break from Philly for a while and I've been doing stuff in different spaces. What are other things I need to do now that, especially with my daughter being closer now, mm-hmm. you know, what are the things that I may, um, you know, need to do to to further support the community because this is the space that she's in. When she was in Atlanta, you yeah. know, I, I turned I turned Atlanta and, and Georgia, I turned that into like a create an ecosystem of a family, a village. And okay, she's she's here. I'm back. Boom. What are we doing? Right. So I'm I'm in that space now. So when it comes to the things that I'm expecting of myself, it's to pause again, take a step back, look at the tree, look at where the trees is at, you know, in all the situations. And start to make some some um, some serious adjustments for 2023. Mm. I, that's a great analogy for me because I'm a visual learner, and you allowed me to see um, how you look at things, and you allowed me to understand how you look at things as well. So when you take that step back and you look at that tree, 
you also have to remember this is if you don't mind me adding to this space, please, please. Um, I also talked about this with Tamir Harper in another episode. Um, he talked about the fence and also the tree. I also talked about the foundation of the house. Mm. That's in in the space that you have to back up and take a bigger picture and look at. And for us to like hold on to our young people and to see like those expect like you have expectations for 2023, but it's not just for yourself. You also said the community. And that's how we looked at it. We said we have to hold on to some information, but we also have to protect our young people at the same time. And these four walls that we have around them are us. The foundation and the roof is like the ancestors for us mm-hmm. because they built the foundation for us to stand on, but then they also are covering us at the same time. And I think when you take that step back and say, okay, I can give shade at this moment. I can have my branches grow over here in this moment, but I also have to remember that there's soil and then there's also the seed that's still allowing this tree to grow. There you go. <laughs> and I think that's the most important part too. Absolutely. And I think for, for me, when it comes down to societal expectations, I just, I just want, like we said before, I just want people to see when I paint this picture of what a black man is, <laughs> what do you see? And I think that's the question I have for you. When you, how do you want people to perceive black men and boys in the city of Philadelphia or just in general, black men as a whole? I want, I want them, I want society to see that black men, just in case you struggle with like historically mm-hmm. how you've seen black men, let's talk about just the current black men. Mm-hmm. So I, I want you to walk into the space and be like, here's the, here's the, 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 the 2.0 or the, you know, version of the black man, you know, mm-hmm. our cars, our phones, our technology, whatever, everything gets an upgrade. Yeah. So how about we, as black men, we, we participate in the marketing of our upgrade, our collective upgrade. And this upgrade has these new features like empathy, sense of community, mm-hmm. right? Higher mm-hmm. levels of, of transparency and vulnerability by way of our emotional intelligence mm-hmm. and our ability and our willingness to communicate our desire to re to 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 reunify the family mm-hmm. by way of you know healing, um, communicating in ways where we talk about forgiveness, mm-hmm. uh, humility. You know this upgrade also is complete with higher levels of activity. Yeah. You know whether it is you know under, like understanding that yes you want to be in the lives of the people that you're responsible for financially, mm-hmm. but also there's higher value in your physical participation, right? Yeah. So. You know, and then what are all the other things? So this higher upgrade also means, you know, more intimate conversations amongst one another to be able mm-hmm. to say, hey, listen, I need an outlet because it really is crazy out here yeah. and being able to connect with one another. So I think that the upgraded version, the 2.0 version, it comes with all these additional you know, features and, you know, amenities um, that that really have always been there. But mm-hmm. let's reintroduce it because this country is the number one marketing country of the world right let's market it then let's get it let's create that marketing plan and in that marketing plan here's the end result of that here are the you know the 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 key uh points that we want to emphasize you know you know to our target audience and that's all those things emotional intelligence critical thinking um, Mm -hmm. higher levels of empathy 
higher levels of overall communication, transparency, vulnerability, a desire to reconnect with the family, uh, higher levels of accountability, mm -hmm. um, being responsible physically, not just financially, yeah. right? And and also the last but not least, working as a team, showing literally how there's strength in numbers, and if we can. And when we demonstrate that in terms of you know discipline, the discipline mm -hmm. to do that, yeah, then then we'll really be a force to reckon with. We will literally the 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 nightmare of the black man will actually come to reality. Mm. Bars, yeah, I think that's more felt, than bars. I felt something when I said that just now. I was like, whoa! I, wait, I think that's more than bars, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I do appreciate you for adding that. <laughs> um, I do, I do want to ask, um, cause I know you've heard about the podcast. You've, um, you may have listened to some, but I did explain, um, a while ago that I was going to start this podcast. And I, again, I do appreciate you for being on. Um, so this podcast is mainly about what I've observed with black men, just all black men that I've observed, talked to, experienced. Um, and I've seen that there was tension between the older generation and the younger generation of you're not listening or you're not hearing me. And I think I was the one in the middle to translate several things for the younger generation and also the older generation. Um, and it doesn't matter. I've heard from other brothers. It doesn't matter where you are in this um, this line of being black manhood. Um, it's just how you show up for the next person. And I do want to ask you um, if you have any advice for either the younger generation to say, hey, I hear you, young king, but you also got to listen to the older generation. Or, OG, I hear you, but this young brother right here is about to run through this door that you are trying to stand in front of, that you cannot open. And it's not for you to go through yet. It's for him to go through. So is there any advice for either both or either yeah. one that you can you can see? Here's, here's, here's how I see it. I see that we... we you know, the old heads, the young bucks, and everybody in between, mm -hmm. our business of how we are operating, mm -hmm. right, is failing. Mm. Our our business of how we are engaging one another, another is bankrupt. Mm. Like we're about to file a chapter, right, literally, chapter 11. We, we might as well, it's bankrupt. We are in imminent danger of this business literally having to shut down. Mm -hmm. Look at it like a business. There's way too much turnover. There's very little retention right now, mm. okay? Retention of information, retention of healthy habits and traditions, you know, retention of one another's um, of value. So we mm -hmm. gotta get back to understanding something. With our business, like operating, individually in silos your business is failing my business is failing we need to partner mm -hmm. and the first rule of partnership is understanding each other's value yeah right and then the second rule then is is inviting one another again giving each other permission to speak to one another not at one another but with one another mm -hmm. right in partnership so we got to listen to one another you have a vantage point that i don't and and vice versa mm -hmm. and when we understand that the more that we actually listen, especially to our youth right now in terms of what they're experiencing, you know, how they would like to participate, then now we can do something actually that's going to be impactful. And you can't be impactful if you're not relational and if you're not relevant. Yeah. 
So OGs, you know, you're about to, you, you, you're not relevant. <laughs> you're mm-hmm. not relevant because you're not listening. You know, you're not relational. So you're just in the way. You're annoying. You're a nag at this point. So how do you move the past that, right? And then young mm-hmm. bucks, yeah, y'all just a mess. Y'all don't know, you know, y'all don't have, y'all don't, y'all don't have the 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 the, the benefit of knowing the terrain, right? Mm-hmm. The the landscape, and so you're hitting way more walls than you need to. Yeah. Meanwhile, people are blazing past you. Why? Because they already got they got asset maps, right? They got resource maps. They got mm. wisdom maps. Yeah. And you and you there bumping in walls like it's your first time on this level of a, of the video game of life. So that's why at the end of the day, you may get to the next level, but it took you 60 attempts. Meanwhile, yeah. other cultures, they getting through. Why? Because they passing them cheat codes and the cheat codes come from the OGs. Mm-hmm. So the reason why we're not, you know, we're not doing what we need to do in that space is because we need to first get to a point where we say, you know what? individually in our in our silos we're failing our business of of being relevant being impactful is failing and we need to do way more listening and think in a in a collaborative uh, perspective and start thinking partnership if you mm-hmm. have more stake in what I'm doing and I have more stake in what you're doing then we're going to leverage more mindset and resources to actually getting some stuff done because our voices are being heard and now we're not associating one another with the with the larger audience that's not listening to either one of us. Bars again, but there's also gems at the same time because um, I like that you said turnover and retention because that can mean so many things. <laughs> that's a whole nother conversation. You're right. It is, but I do want to, I do want to lean into that because it's also asking the question of like, what's one thing, Black males can do to grow together when you say turnover and retention from what you've seen. Like, what's one thing you think black males can do to grow together? Stick around. Stick around. You know, stick around. You know, so way beyond any years that I may serve on the Mayor's Commission on Black Male Engagement, way beyond any engagement or participation with 100 black men way beyond any participation um, in uh, a diverse force um, engagement or supporting the P4 initiative, way beyond any of those things, I'm, I'm stick around, you know, relationship wise, being a resource, you know, just being able to communicate and engage with one another, stick around. I think, you know, even amongst each other, we suffer from abandonment issues. You know, how long you here for and are you OK? So you got to say your, you know, your two cents about the thing that you're you're interested in. And that's it. So I think just by sticking around, you know, communicating uh, more transparently and, and getting rid of the egos. You know, um, you think, you know, right now you're standing on something that really is a lot more shaky than you think. And um, that's the thing is that we, you know, it. A lot of things I'm sharing, a lot of people are just going to be like, what are you talking about? And that's what we need to fix. Like, that's literally what we need to fix. And if you and if, if you can challenge yourself, like those that are listening, if you can challenge yourself to be like, maybe there's something else that I can hear and, and like learn in this space, then we got a fighting chance. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm still a student. I'm so I'm, I'm not even sitting here like I'm on the top of the mountain. No, nope. I'm just at a certain stage taking a quick 
pause so that we can talk. And then I'm going to get back to climbing right after this. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that was key. And that's why I asked that question. Thank because you. that's key for other black men to hear. Like, stick around. Like, it just doesn't have to be in the organizations that you're with. It's also about what's going on outside saying, we need you to stick around. We don't need you to be gone. Two, two black men be gone. One for something and the other one not here at all. Right. So that's why I put my head down because I got emotional because you could have just said stick around and that just meant so many things. <laughs> so I commend you for saying that. Thank you. And I love you for saying that um, because we need to hear it. And before we do end, I do want to elevate you, the work that you're doing. If you have anything that you have going on, this is the time for you to share it. It can be work. It can be personal. It can be things that you're doing globally. Um, please add that, brother. And I just want to first give a shout out to Temple University's, um, you know, um, uh, Mark program and what they were able to do in Anaheim. It was it's phenomenal when you think about. Like I said, the 5,500, uh, close to 6,000 in attendance overall, um, 2,000, you know, um, you know, participants when it came to presentations of their biomedic, biomedical, um, you know, um, experiments, and for them, for four out of nine of them to win uh, in in those categories is phenomenal. It's, it's absolutely phenomenal. So shout out to them and what they're doing. Um, I'm doing a business and tech conference in Ghana, uh, December 9th and 10th, um, and I'm extremely excited. It's my second time uh, in Ghana, and uh, I'm partnering with Fire Free Inspiration, reaching everyone, as well as uh, a number of other, um, you know, philanthropists and uh, developers that represent a wide range of things, from the arts to, you know, science to uh, 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 cryptocurrency to uh, the metaverse, like we're, we're bringing it to Ghana uh, on those two days. We'll be serving over 300 people in that capacity while also uh, giving away uh, school supplies. We're building another computer lab. Uh, we got to uh, bring down another uh, 30 to 40 uh, laptops to build another computer lab down there, uh, basketball court, a number of different things that we'll be doing. So I'll be down there for uh, over two weeks uh, in December, and I'm extremely excited about that. So I'm doing some fundraising, as you would imagine, to to make sure that you know we're able to cover all our bases because it is pretty expensive for all the things in the most uh, expensive month of the year to travel to to, uh, to Ghana, but um, so that's one thing. Uh, in addition to that, I'm I'm doing some additional work uh, with schools uh, when it comes to mentorship, as you know, um, and you know there's two platforms that I leverage. You know, BBA is the is the lead one, uh, Black Business Accelerator, where we're mm -hmm. standing up businesses, and my goal is to make sure that. You know, we get into the schools now to participate and get our students to think more like businesses, right? And uh, one one point that I'll say about that is that it's interesting how we can learn about, you know, geometry and trigonometry, uh, but we can't learn about taxes, we can't learn about scale, and we can't learn about credit. So, you know, so we want to we want to focus on making sure that all of our young scholars are thinking more like a business because that's the truth. We all are miniature businesses, right? We're solopreneurs, we're micro enterprises, and I want mm -hmm. us to start thinking along those lines. So those are just a couple of things that I'm working on. And, uh, 
you know, also looking at ways that I can also support the community. So I'm, I'm thinking about, uh, you know, who to partner with on a couple of projects um, that I believe are going to impact the community in a, in a tremendous way. Thank you, brother. Thank you for sharing that. Um, please send over your the link for people to donate. Um, and I will put it in the description um, you. on YouTube because this will go up on YouTube, brother. Thank you. Um, but it'll also be in the description in other places as well. Um, brother, I want to thank you um, for joining. I want to thank you for sharing. I want to thank you for just being who you are and being Donovan 100%. Thank you. <laughs> um, I want to appreciate the audience for listening as well um, because you are the reason why I do this for black boys to hear other black men communicating in ways that you may not get to see every day. Um, and I also want to plug some of the work that we're doing. So follow us on Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel at urban thinker media and also follow our website. We have a website, www.urbanthinkermedia.com. We have a lot of projects coming up soon. Um, all the brothers that you've heard, um, on the podcast, this is episode 10. So this is the last one for the season. I appreciate you all. I love y'all. See you all next time with another brother here on the Middle Brother Podcast. Peace.